This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided. It's... Wednesday, August 9th. Tonight we're joined by Dave, Keith, Matt, and I'm your host, Rick. All right, guys. Uh, the eve of the NFL. Um, we'll get to that stuff later. We got some other stuff to talk about, but we'll lead off with the NBA. Um, just, a, you know, a couple tidbits about that with division or with the uh, conference semifinals going on the Lakers lead the Rockets two to one the Clippers lead the Nuggets two to one Boston is up three two in the series over Toronto um and the number one team in the east the Milwaukee Bucks has already been ousted by the Miami Heat um so Matt Matt you're the resident uh NBA fan here um what is the early exit for Giannis mean and what is the uh parting ways of billy donovan in okc mean for uh the bulls well i think first off you can't focus on a loser you gotta focus on the winner right with the heat i think well no no because then that throws into jimmy butler who left chicago took the team on his shoulders and did something when he couldn't do it here so that that's not a good look for chicago so let's avoid let's avoid that part but you got to talk about it. I mean, he he's now a legitimate star, right? Like, if he was, but I think this pretty much the plan for what he is. He could take a team and, and, and beat – everybody thought at the beginning of the year it's going to be the Lakers and the Bucs in the finals. So, um, and that was, like, without a doubt. I think the Bucs were the, were the sure, the sure bet. Um, and then they get out they get out early just because of uh, Jimmy Butler. Miami's got a solid team, though. But, you know, I don't know. I think Giannis – was playing hurt a little bit. Uh, then he ended up going out, didn't even play the last game. But even before that, yeah, they just they just didn't look good. They didn't they look good from the beginning, uh, even when they played against Orlando. So I don't think uh, – I don't know. I When you have – in the NBA, you have the Supermax. So I think they can – Milwaukee, I, I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but I think it's an extra like $10 million a year and an extra year on the overall contract value versus what any other team can give them. So – We'll see if he's comfortable in, in Milwaukee or if he, you know, if he wants to take the money or if he's looking to go elsewhere. Well, I would love to see him in a Chicago Bulls jersey. You know, it's a short drive down. Yeah. yeah. He can fit right in line, right? The 33-34 uh, number, right? So, as yeah. Richard Jefferson pointed out, is uh, Giannis a Scottie Pippen and does he need a Michael Jordan? He might. He might. I, I mean, he, he's definitely one of the best players in the league. But 
I don't know that he he's he's he can't shoot. You know, he's working on his three point game. Um, he's definitely an unstoppable force. But if that's all you got, uh, I you know I think that's kind of what Milwaukee ran into. Is Miami's more of a, a sound team? I think Milwaukee uh, relied heavily on um, on Giannis. But then when he was out, they went over to Chris Milton, who had a pretty good game, too, um, to actually take one of the games so they didn't get swept. But, uh, but yeah, they just they couldn't do it once Giannis was out fully. So, um, yeah, I think – I don't know that he's a Scottie Pippen. I mean, Scottie Pippen's a solid player. I, I'd rank him a little bit higher than Scottie Pippen, although Scottie Pippen had a longer career. So we'll see what Giannis does overall. Yeah, I think he's he could definitely uh, benefit from having another star on his team. So, uh, I think he gets what the NBA is all about pulling in a couple different stars. I think any of these players get hurt a little bit by the comparisons because there's you know there's only so many you know, number ones, if you will. You know that are there, and mm-hmm. I mean, in basketball, I, I look at it from afar a little bit, but you had Jordan for a period of time. Who could carry a team? Although it took a while, he had to have his, his helpers to win. Um, he might have won one eventually, anyway, almost like you know, like LeBron. But you have you have LeBron, you have Michael Jordan, you have Larry Bird, you have Magic Johnson. You take that over the last thirty years, it's going to be hard to take anybody, whether it's GI or you know, take your pick of all the other really good players that are out there. Very few of them can carry a team. You know, they'll be all, almost on their own. Yeah, most teams, it's you, you don't you need, don't need one star. You need two, more like three, is where yeah. you're kind of at. You know, and that's why it's just so top heavy. You got a couple teams that you have to have, and most of them have not. <laughs> I mean, because all you got to do is look more farther than LeBron. <clears throat> With LeBron, with Giannis's age, what did he win in Cleveland? Until he, until they set up a team for him in Miami. With Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, LeBron didn't win a thing. You know, so it's it's kind of I think it's unfair to look at this kid in Milwaukee and you know and kind of hanging on that maybe he yeah I thought they're kind of about you know he's a Pippen out of Jordan when you're winning let's say six titles does it matter if you're Pippen or Jordan at that point if you took either one of them off it's not the same. And he doesn't have a running mate. He doesn't, he doesn't have to, the running mate doesn't have to be better than him. He just needs to be somebody that's, you know, going to take up a double team from the other, uh, on the other team also. Yeah. To relieve some pressure. Well, I mean, now it doesn't matter because the series is over. But if you're a, a Buttonholzer, or however you say his name, at what point should you have put your – Defensive Player of the Year and Giannis on Butler and just not worried about a size difference in matchup. Yeah, the NBA is, is kind of funny like that. You know, it, it, you don't have too many two-way players that just play full on defense on one side and then all the offense on the other. Even LeBron doesn't do it. He'll do it maybe the last 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes a game if they're down. Most of the oh. time it's you know, one side. Yeah, but I mean, when you have he's guarding Joe Crawford or uh, Joe Crowder, and Crowder's just standing over in the corner, or Jay Crowder, he's just standing over the corner on the complete opposite side 
of the floor just to space him out and get him away from the hoop. Somebody else can do that. You could put Robin Lopez over there on him. I mean, at least let him play the big man down low so he's on the ball side support. Just play a zone then. Well, you know, that's why he's home. So yeah, I, I think he was a little hurt, though, coming into it. Because I remember hearing he was questionable for some of the games, but it's like, well, he's going to play. And then he rolled his ankle again. That's kind of one of those. Like, yeah. And what's his contract status? Up right now. Free agent. He's up now. Yeah. So what's the difference? I don't know. There's a lot of people thinking he's going to go to the bright lights of New York, but I don't know if anybody really wants to go play for the Knicks. He's had like a black cloud over him for so long. And yeah. Tom Pluto now coaching there. Did you see that? Yeah. When you, well, yeah. Stephen A. Smith had a nice little rant about Brooklyn. If anybody caught that a couple of days ago, but we we won't get into it. It was uh, a one-sided view. I'll just leave it at that. But with that being said, we'll uh, we'll switch gears here and we'll talk about. Uh, Matt's socks and how they're uh, leading their division. Uh, well, tied for a lead in their division with the Indians. Um, and the Cubs are three games ahead of the Cardinals with a lot of ground still needed to be made up for the Cardinals with, what is it, I think uh, five doubleheaders in the next week and a half. So that'll be fun. You know, four of them against Pittsburgh, or <laughs> no, four of them against or three of them against the Brewers. Oh. Yeah, so they had uh, the one last night against uh, yesterday against Minnesota. Then they got Detroit tomorrow. Yeah, and then yeah. the Brewers. Yep, and then uh, yeah, there might be one against Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I, I think there is, um, but I know they have two against the Brewers coming up. Are they going to be able to get all sixty in? Uh, uh, right now it's 58. Yeah. And they were talking about that the other day that uh, I guess the remaining two that aren't scheduled right now are against Detroit. Yep. Cause uh, we were supposed to play them in a two and two series. So, yeah. And uh, I, I guess major league baseball would have a decision to make if uh, depending on the standings and percentages, if they would uh, try to schedule those games, but you know, as um, somebody pointed out, I forgot which, uh, game and what, who was doing the game, but uh, no, I guess I guess it was the Cubs broadcast. Uh, they made some good points that uh, even if they did decide to play those two games, the way the, the playoff format is set up, does it really matter if you win the division or not? And Well, especially if you're um, going to bubbles. So then there's no yeah, home field. There's no home field advantage. And so, so you know, and then they were, the, the thinking was, well, the Cubs, of course, would want the Cardinals to play, so they'd burn up some pitching. But then the Cardinals would turn right around and call up some guys from their um, uh, minor league camp. And, uh, you know, so they wouldn't, wouldn't be using arms that uh, they'd be using in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, so I think it was um, Derek Gould, maybe, of the Post-Dispatch here in St. Louis – uh, tweeted out a picture of like when they go to the games and as beat guys and the beat guys what they and when they're on the when they're on the road and they don't travel what the parks send them like the 
the game notes, they're no longer listing games back as the standing barometer. It's just strictly that in the, uh, it's just strictly they don't, winning yeah. percentage. Yeah. So they're they almost they're listed as plus one now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, they they have those for the teams that are in the wild card spots. So, like, that isn't the last wild card. They're okay. always a plus. Yeah. But it's just – yeah, it's just strictly uh, strictly all based on percentage anyway. So, I guess I, – I don't know. The rest of the league, is there teams that, as of right now, have had a rain delay or two to where they're not going to have – be able to finish a whole – like, you know, are they going to end at 59 or something because of rain delays? Well, I don't know about rain delays, but I mean, the only team that I think you'd possibly even put into that category would be uh, the Marlins, since they're yeah. the only other team that was really impacted by COVID. And or, or, everybody else would have enough time to uh, make up a game or two or three. Uh, I mean, you know, if the Cardinals can make up 16 games, <laughs> you know, somehow or 14, yeah, they could probably squeeze in games for everybody else. Well, I was going to say, or did they make up all the games from when – Teams were boycotting. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like did they, I know they're the one day they scheduled all those teams to play a doubleheader on Thursday because they all were still playing each other. But like, I maybe you know I don't know. It's just weird that all of a sudden they flipped it just purely to winning percentage instead of games. I mean, MLB Network still shows the games back, but everything they're basing it all off of is just purely winning percentage. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm guessing they're just kind of reserving the right. Uh, uh, I mean, you'd be, I'd be difficult uh, if a team was, if they were doing games behind, if a team was a game or two behind and one of those teams had not played, um, you know, its entire schedule. I, I don't know how Major League Baseball could strictly go on a percentage, you know. Well, yeah, um, and, and for the Cardinals' sake, if that happened, do you think the Tigers would even want to show up? They're right, so far exactly. out of it already, right? I mean, they're – well, I guess they're not that far out of it. They're a game and a half, technically, if you look at the old standings back of the wild card. There's a big drop-off in the American League after you get past your yeah. leaders. Mm-hmm. Some team's going to sneak in into that last spot. Yeah, it could be Baltimore. Baltimore's yeah. a half game back, and with the Yankees, the Yankees are that spot right now, and the Yankees have lost 15 of their last 20. They're just reeling right now. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hard, yeah. <laughs> well, wouldn't, wouldn't the Tigers be required? I mean, if, if they yeah, had, they'd be obligated to play. They, they well, could. Like, they would just yeah. be like, ah, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, are, is it going to be like the whole the thing that they joke about on getaway days where everybody's up there swinging first, second pitch to get on the plane and get out of the city as quick as possible? Oh, that could yeah. be, you know, like, especially if you're playing only 14 innings, how quick is that going to be going to go? And how blatantly obvious is it that Detroit probably just wants to go home? Well, yeah. that, 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 that's what Casper and Deshaies were talking about that. Uh, yeah. You know, they play the game, but, uh, uh, but from the Cardinals perspective, <clears throat> you know, would they want to burn and it probably would be a double header also in one day. So would they want to burn a bunch of their uh, pitchers and then probably have to do whatever playoff game would be the next day? Um, 
so yeah, the, my question might not be so much the Tigers, might be the Cardinals. <laughs> you know, yeah. the Card, yeah. you know, I mean, how much of a benefit? Uh, I guess that would come into play as well. I mean, how, how much of a benefit would there be to winning the division versus uh, you know being a wild card? Well, I think in the Cardinals' world, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They have ten games left with the Brewers, so whether those two games are going to be meaningful or not are going to be determined by those 10 games anyways. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no looking at the standings and, you know, unless a complete collapse, I don't think, and watching the Reds play, I don't think they're going to be catching the Cardinals. The Brewers could just because it's 10 games head to head. And you know. The Reds are quite the cluster. I mean, when you look at them, no, 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 they're my pick, man. They're coming back. They're coming back. You look at the lineup and you look at the pitching and you look at it and there is no way they should be where they are. And yeah. yet every day they play, they prove again they're exactly where they pull up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's frightening. Yeah, it's just yeah. – their pitching is not very good, plain and simple. I well, mean, they, they got two, some names. Two good starting pitchers. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they got uh, Gray and um, – Bowers oh, wow. pretty good. Yeah. The uh, power tonight going against Darvish. Yeah, they're putting up uh, good numbers, but yeah, everything else is a mess. Yeah. I don't think the rotation was supposed to be that strong part too, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, to yeah. Watch the bolster the rotation. You got Sonny Gray, and you've got. Uh, I mean, they can throw. They can roll the first four out there with that pretty much anybody. Yeah, was it Louis Castillo or whatever his name is? Uh, yeah. yeah, but. I don't know. But they just find a way to screw it up. It's just it's, it's hard to believe. Well, and then their bullpen, at least, I mean, against the Cardinals, their bullpen's always atrocious. I don't know if the Cardinals just have Lorenzo and Garrett and Inglacius' number or if they're that bad against everybody else, too. But the Cardinals just always seem to – like, if I'm David Bell and I'm playing the Cardinals, those three guys are not going in the game unless it's very handily in our hands. Yeah, because the Reds, uh, there was that one one game I stopped uh, paying attention uh, on TV and online, and then the Cardinals ended up scoring four runs in the ninth to uh, beat the Reds. And, and we were podcasting that day. Oh, we're oh we're, Colt, we're yeah oh, okay yeah Colton yeah. Long doubled to to win it yeah and I was like oh here come the yeah. Cardinals against Inglacius. and I but I think that was the only hit <laughs> I think everything else was you know walks and hit batters. Yeah, I think there was a wild pitch in there, and then maybe even an air. Mm-hmm. But I know Yachty had an infield hit because Inglacius couldn't – he should have just let the ball go up the middle. He tried to grab it and tipped it just enough. I do remember that now. That was the only other hit. But, yeah, there was a lot of walks too. Yeah, that's where Yachty's speed comes into play right there. Yeah, right there, <laughs> Fly, flying down the line. <laughs> but, you know – my uh, not to my own horn, but the uh, AL MVP prediction doesn't look half bad because I don't think you can honestly give it to Mike Trout because the Angels are just completely out of it. I mean, I guess Nelson Cruz, 15 home runs, 31 RBIs. Um, I think he just got hurt though, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I well, you know. I'll just take a Brayu to keep pumping with his 21 game hit streak, add a couple more bombs and some RBIs. Yeah. 
I'll keep taking it too. <laughs> I love watching. Oh man, it's fun. Yeah, we had a rare rare loss to the Pirates last night, which was full of errors and just ugly baseball. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's pitching is the question mark, and it would have been really nice had they pulled up pull off some sort of a trade, nothing huge, but just to get some starting pitching depth. I mean, we're just, it feels like everybody's like up either hurt or coming back from the being on the IL. I was really surprised Lynn stayed put. Me too. Yeah. I think they were just asking for a lot. Well, I think, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to package Gallo with them. Oh, could be. Because all of a sudden, at the end of the around the end of the deadline, they were saying, "Oh, the Rangers also made Joey Gallo available." So I'm thinking they were trying to be like, "Hey, this guy can't really play third base or the outfield, and we really don't want him as a DH or a first baseman. Please take him when you take Lance Lynn, and it yeah. deterred some teams from taking Lance Lynn." Yeah. What's the word on, on Keiko's back? I don't. I don't know. I they it, it said it's he's had this nagging injury before uh but he says it's you know he'll see how the day goes after pitching and stretch it out get it loose and hopefully just works itself out so nothing too crazy right now but we'll see i can tell you how fast the rotation goes <laughs> i mean we need uh we need a third pitcher badly somewhere and, you know <laughs> so he looked okay yesterday and again consider who he was throwing against uh, we need a third, fourth, and fifth. So we'll be. Well, we're pretty much with you at that point. Uh, okay. Sounds like, Chat, sounds like Chatwood's done. Yeah. Well, Matt, we'll make a trade with you. We'll give you Dakota Hudson. We need a nice center fielder with the power bat. So you give us Luis Robert, who we almost <laughs> we almost won in the bidding war, anyways. Um, yeah. So just slide him down down fifty five, and we'll we'll slide Hudson up fifty five, and we'll call it an even. Even swap. Yeah, you you got some offense to give up. Come on. <laughs> Not so in center field though. That's the, I don't know. Ever since Aaron Rowan left, we haven't had a center fielder that I felt comfortable with. No. What do you mean, Dwayne Wise? Come on, that a play on the perfect game. <laughs> the catch. <laughs> hey, you know you could have been the the uh, the Cubs and thought your woes were going to be styled by. Uh, signing a guy with ADHD who can only hit a fastball and then sending him to the South Bend site for a guy who uh, can't really make contact, but if he walks, watch out, it's going to be a triple in Billy Hamilton. <laughs> um, you, know, you, know, you know who Billy Hamilton is, don't you? He's yeah. a late-inning pinch runner. He's your 10th he's your inning guy who starts on second base. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, the thing is, though, with the Cubs lately, if they're going to be tied that late in the game, they're probably not going to get to extras because their bullpen's going to blow it. Well, you know, the back the backline's not been as bad as long as you stay away from the you know the supposed closer. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, who's who's not the closer anymore? Probably not. <laughs> I'll give yeah. a lot of credit for that. Yeah. The Cubs snatched up uh, Pedro Strope after I believe it was the Reds just dropped him. Well, I heard another Chicago team wanted him. Yeah, that's what I heard. It was the, like the White Sox at first, and then I was like, "No, no, wait! It's the, the Cubs." Well, yeah, they said he's going to Chicago, and then that was all they said. And then all of a sudden, it was. If Strope has anything left at all, they'll put him on the roster. Is there? I mean, I, I mean, he's not going to be your eighth or ninth inning guy, but I mean, if he, 
guys are giving you a six inning guy even at this point. That he's going to make the middle of that bullpen better. He's got to be better than Underwood, right? Not Underwood. One of those guys that just frust- the other way that just frustrates the hell out of you. Or what's I his mean, name? Winkler or whatever. Dan, Win- he hasn't been that good that- this year. New new pitches out of the bullpen every night too. Who is this guy? This guy pitching last night. I can't remember his name. Well, the big the big news for me up here was mm-hmm. comments from Theo because originally early in the year, you know, they were talking about Braylon Marquez, who's a, now their number one. He's moved from number twenty to number one prospect in the Cubs system. This is a a six four lefty that throws one hundred and two and one hundred and three. And throws you know ninety four mile an hour uh, breaking pitches. Um, he's twenty one years old, and he's just uh, he'll be the real deal. But he's a kid. I mean, they you know signed him a couple of years ago in the international market type thing. Biggest bonus for left. They're, they're saying they remind he reminds him of Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, watch they originally, they originally said he wasn't coming until next year, no matter what. And now it's well, if the circumstances are right, <laughs> you you may see this kid. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what he's got. I mean, is a if Anzalay sticks, he's a he's a three four or four five. Probably a four five to be honest with you. Take it from experience when you got a guy that's really hyped at nineteen, and they start comparing him to Hall of Famers, and then. Uh, Couple mm-hmm. injuries here and there leads him to be a uh, hard throwing bullpen guy. It's Alex Reyes and the uh, old the uh, yeah. Some work out and some don't. Well, they they kept saying he you know he's gonna be he's Pedro Martinez. He's Pedro Martinez, but bigger. And then uh, now we just need Tommy to John, Tommy John, and then a lat, and then you know a shoulder tear, and he's three years removed from being a bonafide prospect and coming up in game one and having 14 strikeouts in Wrigley. And he's only pitched about four innings since that start anyways. And he's, that was three or four years ago. That's so why it's hard to get five or six year contracts like they do. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good strategy. No, but you know, you could also lose people for $200,000. Like the Cardinals passed on Marcelo Zuna when they have the lowest, uh, Outfield production of any team, and Ozuna's got 13 absolute frozen ropes in the left field for, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, 37 RBIs. So that would look awfully good in the Cardinals lineup right now to go along with a, if you measure out his numbers for a 162-game season, a career year for Paul Goldschmidt. But, hey, Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader were going to outproduce him. So, you know. Yeah. Most of it, I'll tell you, from the last series, that guy is just locked in. It's, I mean, everything he hits is a roll. I mean, it's the singles yeah. are roll. I mean, like the bomb he hit off of Lester when Lester just decided oh to throw gosh. a b- batting practice <laughs> fastball. Whoa. 80, 86, 86 <laughs> right down the pipe. What do you think's going to happen? Oh. That's, uh, unfortunately, that's where Lester is at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah, so did did anybody actually listen to that broadcast that day? The on um, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know I did. Mm-hmm. They were so yeah. Lester gave up five runs, and Alex Rodriguez said, 
you know, it's a great building block start for John Lester. I'm like, he gave up five runs and four innings. How's that a great building block start? Well, and they, well, one of them also was talking about how, uh, uh, you know, well, just, uh, you know, as he, as he goes deeper in the game, you know, uh, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll get better. Like, well, he's, first off, he's probably not going to last much longer than another inning, you know, <laughs> so he's not going to go much deeper at this rate. I mean, he's, He's already given up, uh, you know, four or five runs, and I think shit. He, I think he was pushing eighty pitches at that point. You know? Well, Lester's has. Well, Lester had a problem was pitching that game with a rookie umpire, and if Lester doesn't get the calls on the corners like the Braves pitchers used to, and those guys, yeah, they're there. He he can't be successful with what he's throwing right oh, now. Oh, he trust me, he was getting that curveball low and away to every right-handed batter about an inch and a half out. He was getting that call. <clears throat> But then he wouldn't get the call just on the inner half. So he wasn't getting both sides, which I was going to bring yeah. up the ump because mm-hmm. Matt Pascurgeon made the comment going, you know, both sides have had some complaints about this umpire. So that's, as yeah. a rookie, that's probably not a good sign. And Alex Rodriguez must not have been listening. He was like, he goes, yeah, you know, the best thing that could ever happen to an ump is you just aren't a factor in this game. And this guy hasn't been a factor. I think he's had a great game. I'm like, yeah. A-Rod, A-Rod, stop reading the press clippings about how you didn't almost buy the Mets and pay attention to the game. Yeah, and they're in, they're in a booth together. Uh, you know, pay attention to what the guy in the booth is saying next, yeah. right next to you. Yeah. It's just like ESPN is getting worse and worse. Like, if, yeah. you, if you don't want to get the best analysts, just bring back John Cruck. At least he was funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, A-Rod takes himself a little bit too seriously. And, and three, I think three people in the booth is too many. Yeah, it is. Hey, fans. I know you're listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. Well, we'll, we'll stay in Chicago and move, move sports. We'll go to the red team in Chicago. Um, reports are that Dave's buddy, Stan, Stanny boy up there, decided to offer – Corey Crawford, a one-year, $3.5 million contract extension um, to take up half of their available cap. So, you know, that's a great great play by Stan there. To a goalie that well, might play, you know, four weeks if he takes one to the head, or he might finish a season. But, you know, why not commit three and a half mil? You need a goal, right? Lord knows I don't stick up for Bowman at all. But he doesn't have a lot of options with, with – Goaltending, um, unfortunately, and they, you know, the, the reason that he doesn't is because of himself. But uh, the the key to that that one year three and a half million offer was the it was the day before or two days before he brought up Kapanen and the other people. He said basically somebody's moving. I know and you know on the hot they're going to move somebody that people aren't going to be happy with. You know, so there'll be more cap room, but. <laughs> He won't, won't be happy as to why. <laughs> eight, so eight, 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 eight. story. Yeah, but, but, ooh, we got, got a good yeah. fight in the uh, Tampa Bay Islanders game. Really? You're a little fight, ahead. Yeah. You're a little ahead. Didn't last long, but it was uh, it was pretty good. Too many fights to play off hockey, that's for sure. No, they almost there was a cup. They almost did it at the end of the period too. Um, 
But so let me ask you though, the three and a half million though, I mean, in this day and age for your starting goaltender, that's not a whole lot. Um, but the factors that you bring up, I, I think are valid. Um, you know, the, I mean, he may, he may last a week, uh, you know, and well, he's certainly not going to play, um, uh, you know, 50 games. Uh, so then, then you still have, you know, who's your other guy? Uh, Subban, I'm sure. Right. No, he's he's not under contract either. Oh, is he a free agent? Yeah. Subban was, yeah. You know, except for having NHL experience, the only reason he was even sitting on the bench uh, that was there. He, in the goalie competition, my understanding is he either finished third or fourth out of the four goalies. I can't remember which one it was, but they were yeah. not they were not impressed with him. Uh, but yeah. you know, they had other issues. I mean, Scott Darling was in town the other day and talking about his future, and you know, he's willing to go play for the Wolves and. And stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of a shame, but you know, I look at later, then you know, I, I look at that in that game seven, he got a shutout, but geez, he made 14 saves. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> not know, like he was I, under duress. I mean, yeah. my, Canucks, my Canucks really, uh, really sucked it up in that game seven. I was very disappointed. You tell they're a young team that just ain't ready yet. I mean, you get 14 shots in three periods. I mean, wow. Well, they had two in the uh, in the second period, I think. So, and and in that second period, I think they had two power plays, and I think one in of the game, two shots was on the power play. In a game that they lost three nothing, and basically they lost one nothing because it was two empty net goal. So, I mean, yeah. it was, so it was a one nothing game, and you can't manage more than fourteen shots. Yeah, you, you don't deserve to win. I mean, that's. Mm. No, but, you know, um, I don't know. I just view it as, yeah, thir- three and a half mil is not bad for a starting goaltender, but do you want Corey Crawford to be your starter again? No, but what are your options? Well, I'm looking at a trade the Blues made, and I don't think Montreal really needs Jake Allen to sit behind Carey Price for a year. Yeah, I was curious about that from Montreal. They're flipping him. They're, I, they have to be flipping yeah. him, whether it's Chicago, it's Edmonton, it's yeah. Toronto, it's Minnesota. He's going – he's got to be going somewhere else at the draft. How old he, is he? I was just going to say that. Oh, uh, he's 30. <laughs> yeah, but and, – and, and, He's a 1990 you know, but, birth year. Yeah, and Carey Price is uh, – what, what is it, $10 million a year? Uh, nine and a half, I think, technically. Yeah, so so you certainly can't. Uh, and Allen's four and a half, right? Yeah, thir- thirteen yeah. mil. Yeah, so you can't. Yeah, obviously, you can't have uh, thirteen million uh, tied up in your in your goalies. Uh, so yeah. I yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that has all signs of uh, them flipping him. Um, it's just where and who to the who who's the highest bidder. Yeah, I mean even exactly. even San Jose. I mean, there's a lot of teams that'll be looking for a goalie. But again, with six million dollars worth of cap space and two other guys have to be signed, you're not going to be able. To, you're not going to get in a bidding war and win it because you got no money until somebody until they move somebody. No, but that's you're, it's not a bidding. You you're sending somebody up there with for him. You send a pick and somebody for him. Well, if you if you hope you hope Montreal takes somebody that, that's making money, yeah. Even if they're not really making a whole lot of money, I mean. Even if you could send them a, I don't know, a Connor Murphy. I know he's, but 
I think Connor Murphy for you guys is, should be replaceable. He's not a standout. You know. No, he's, a, he's, he's an above-average defenseman. And he gives them but, a little toughness they don't have, but he's, he's not, you know. But you could – He's not an all-star or anything like that, no. You open up 3.8 mil right there. If you put him in the tra- package going the other way, or, I mean, I don't know, maybe you say Debrinkit or – I don't think Saad – I know they're talking about Saad – Sod, Sod's the guy to move, but uh, you're not gonna get anything for him. Yeah, unless it's unless it's exactly what the Blues did, where the Blues gave up Jake Allen and a seventh round pick in 2023 for a third round pick and a seventh round pick in this year's draft, and it's a pure salary dump. Nobody's mm. really gonna take Sod. Yeah, you know. Well, right. Yeah, and the flip side of that of that trade is. The Blues going all in with Bennington. I mean, at that point, I mean, he's you, you made your, you've made your commitment now. I mean, it's no, he's only got one year left. Their commitment is freeing up that cap the, for for Petrangelo. Petrangelo. That's, well, that's yeah, the that's, commitment. Well, that's what, that, well, that was the that was the reason the deal was made. Yeah, but there's a ramification for that in, in, in next year, and in, in the fact that you've got a goalie who did not perform very well, and yeah. he's now your number one. And there's no, there's no one A. No, but anymore. I mean, so, I, I'm, I'm not gonna take the bubble hockey tournament for Bennington as to weigh it too heavily as opposed to a full season until Corona hit, plus a playoff run last year, plus half the season the year before. And and in general, the Blues weren't very good. Yes, Bennington wasn't good, but the Blues were out of shape too. So I'm not going to take – I'm not going to weigh a lot of that performance against against guys. Now, people let it weigh it in a positive way, obviously Jake Allen, because now apparently he's the hot thing on the market to go after in a trade. Yeah, so. but they, they didn't bomb in the playoffs, uh, what you're saying. They didn't uh, – uh, well, I shouldn't say they. They didn't lose lose the the playoffs because of uh, Bennington. No, I um, mean you would you would like them to make a save or two, like a big save yeah. on a breakaway, but. But they had a lot of issues. I mean, uh, they just, yeah, offensively they yeah. Uh, just weren't clicking. Um, but you went you went from a position of strength to not a position of strength next year. Uh, yeah, we point. still. I mean, I know it's the AHL, but. The guy that they're – I granted, I still think they're going to sign a backup that's got NHL experience, but the, guy that, the guy that they're saying right now that they're saying is going to be the backup in Billy Huso mm. was supposed to be the guy before Bennington, and he was leading the AHL in all goalie stats at the, at the pause of the AHL. And he's finished, so he's going to be – he's either going to be very, very good – or not very good, because that's the way Finn goalies are. <laughs> but that's the way that's the way Finnish goalies are. They're either Tuka Rask, Pekka Rene, and you know, guys like that that are unreal for an extended period of time, and uh, maybe just don't win the big one. Or they're guys like you know a bunch of no names that just don't turn out into anybody. Not many, not many of them are just mediocre guys like Kari Lettinen was for 12-plus years in Atlanta and Dallas. Yeah, I, I agree. So, you know. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that – so, 
three years ago, Huso won the most valuable goalie in a World Junior Tournament. He That kind of cemented him as, like, the next guy. I think they've always had him circled from the time they traded Halak and Allen kind of had those couple breakdowns in January. I think they always had Huso as the guy that was going to be the guy next. I, mean, I think I think that was their mindset. And uh, either Doug's pulling a fast one and he's got something else up his sleeve, which for Doug Armstrong, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, or – yeah. Because he still has to they, – they still have to make some more moves. If, if they want to sign Petrangelo, that, that's not going to be it with uh, Allen because they still don't have enough cap uh, There's some rumors flying around here in St. Louis that apparently Steen's whatever it is might be bad enough to where he'll retire. And then you have Tarasenko on long-term IR as of right now and probably – with what they're saying, a January start and only playing 40 games because they want to get back on a normal schedule for the Olympic year. I mean, is is Tarasenko really going to play? So there's almost your whole money for Petrangelo. Um, but I there's this weird rumor flying around that Calgary and St. Louis have had a lot of trade talks. Now, I don't know if those trade talks were about Allen, but for some reason, uh, a lot of writers here in St. Louis believe it's a uh, Matthew Kachuk rumor, which, I mean, if Doug could pull that off, that's like the O'Reilly trade all over again somehow. I just don't see it really happening, but... Yeah, but Calgary's uh, supposed yeah, to be unloading has, everybody. Yeah, and Armstrong has a record uh, the last several years of, uh, you know, between Shen and O'Reilly. You know, he, he gets these guys that are difference makers, um, and and doesn't give up. He gives up what you'd want to give up. <laughs> yeah, the guys <laughs> but, uh, that don't somehow pan out. Yeah, but you know, then or also or a guy who. Out a guy who's in a Coke ring and gets busted in Finland and Yori Laterra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Whoops. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. uh, yeah. But then you wonder, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, every, uh, these other GMs have to be thinking, you know, okay, what's he, what's he pulling on me yeah. here? Yeah. How long can he keep on doing this where he keeps on essentially fleecing people and they keep on going for it, you know? Well, like I'm sitting here wondering, like, what could it be? I mean, Calgary needs defensemen is somehow Vince Dunn and Justin Falk like mm. avail I don't know. I mean if you could unload I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up. Falk for Kachuk and something. Or Falk and something for Kachuk and ooh. Yeah, I think you'd, you could resign um, I think you'd slap the C on Kachuk and call it a day, honestly. He's a captain. But here at Sports Meadow, we're powered by Mep's Place, the gathering place. We'll move on to the uh, the fun stuff here, and with the uh, NFL, um, we'll lead it off with uh, 
three of us, three of the four of us are in a fantasy league. We had our draft on, uh, on Saturday. Um, much to everybody's surprise, Mitchell Trubisky was not drafted. Yeah. Whoa. I'm shocked. So that, that kind of fell through the cracks. So I'm wondering who's going to claim him first. Um, but no, on a serious note, how bad of a starting quarterback do you have to be to have on fantasy point rankings your backup be ranked two spots above you? Well, Trubisky was ranked, what, 34th? Is 34th and Foles was 32. <laughs> uh, how many teams are there? There's 32. <laughs> hmm. He's got all his confidence back. You're not buying that, You're not buying that yeah, one. That's right. And you know what? The way he carries himself, uh, you know, and especially going into and out of the huddle, you know, that uh, he's looking much better this year. So. Yeah. But that being said, he, he wasn't the only guy – who was starting and his backup was technically ranked higher. Um, Miami had the same situation because Ryan Fitzpatrick was like 37 and Tua was 31. And they just announced Fitzmagic is back. But, you know, that's a little different situation. I don't, I don't know if anybody really thinks Fitzpatrick is going to be the year-long guy in, in Miami. I think he's wow. the – hey, we need to test our line, and we haven't played a game yet, and we don't want to get Tua killed right now. So let's throw Fitz out there and let, let him get rammed down a couple of times, yeah. and then we'll, we'll fix it up. <laughs> well, the other problem Trubisky is going to face coming right out of the blocks is his starting running back is already looking like he's out for the first week. Mm -hmm. And if it's soft tissue injury, yeah, and of course I grabbed him in one of the later rounds and he was still sitting there. I said, well, okay. Yeah, at least I know he's gonna get carries. Maybe um, that's there. Yeah, but you're uh, assuming Nag Nagy uh, would uh, actually call running plays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the biggest. <laughs> but you know, I figured I, I, yeah, I was gonna have a couple bench guys anyway that were there, so I'll take a flyer around and see what happens. But uh, he may, he may be out of all. Well, you know, they open with Detroit, so it's not like Detroit's strength is their secondary. Oh, wait. It, it is. That's the only decent part of their defense is, is their secondary. It is. So, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be a uh, rough opener. Um, I think Mitch played well against Detroit in the last, last year. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. so I think that's one of the reasons why they're, they're going this rough. That and I just think Bowles is the perennial backup, you know. So, it's like keep him in that role and let him come in and save the day. That's what he's – but didn't Chase Daniel beat them on Thanksgiving? Or was it Trubisky that beat them on Thanksgiving? No, I think Chase Daniel uh, oh, Chase. did. Yeah. That was Chase. And where's, where's, where's Chase at this year? I don't know. Where is he? Oh, he's a backup in Detroit behind Stafford. Oh. You, know he's right. collected a pay, you know he's collected a paycheck somewhere. He, he's the highest paid backup quarterback in the history of the game. Most million dollars made – well – that the clipboard. most most contracts signed with the million dollars made and fewest snaps because Jamarcus Russell already broke that bank, but he only signed one contract. But so we'll get into a little uh, prediction time. So we'll go through, we'll run through the AFC first, and then we'll go to the NFC. We'll end with the North because we'll talk a little bit more Bears and 
Packers and Vikings and uh, and and Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh my! But um, so we'll give we'll give our predictions there. Then we'll because it's a little easier to talk about wild cards in football than it is in baseball. We'll talk about who we think might grab a wild card spot. We'll talk about the NFC champs, the AFC champs, our Super Bowl champ, and since. Offense is the only thing that really matters in the NFL. We'll talk about our uh, offensive MVP. So we'll just go around in the screen. Um, so Matt will go first, and we'll talk uh, AFC East. Oh, well, I mean, the Chiefs are coming out of that division. No, that's West, East. <laughs> oh, sorry. Directionals. <laughs> yes, my fault. <laughs> Yeah, you're on your other east. So this, this is this is a tough one. You know, I don't I don't really know what to expect from Cam Newton in, in uh, New England. Uh, the Bills have got a great defense. They've they're getting pieces on offense. I think they, yeah they traded for Steph Diggs to help out in the receiving game, but it, it's it's just hard to bet against New England, right? I mean I. It's hard right now to, to make this prediction because I, I haven't seen Cam play in over a year. So I, I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills winning that division. Um, I'll jump in there because I also have Buffalo. I just think they broke the slump last year with with a playoff uh, playoff win – or not playoff win, but a playoff – punched their tickets to the playoffs. I couldn't think of what I was trying to say. Um, Playoff appearance. There you go, appearance. That's the word I couldn't think of for some reason. But I don't know. I think Josh Allen is a guy that he's been getting better every year. I think he's going to continue that. And then, like you said, adding Stefan Diggs, that, so he actually has a real wideout. Um, I think that'll help. Singletary was good last year. I think he'll be – even better this year as long as he stays healthy. And if not, they have a guy named Zach Moss that a lot of uh, fantasy guys are very high on. Um, I don't know. They, the Bills – Bills Mafia. It's, it's back, hopefully. So, Dave, go ahead with your prediction. I've got, I've got that division real, real tight at the top. You know, two really bad teams in that division. And then – I had New England at ten and six and Buffalo at nine and seven, but kind of like Matt, I haven't seen Cam play, so I, you know, I'm relying on somebody else writing about it, and it's hard to trust that. I'd rather trust my eyes. Two weeks in, I think I, I, I have a better feeling for it. Right now, I'm not writing off New England just because of Belichick, but I think Buffalo has a legit shot that I think Diggs was a huge pickup for. Well, and one thing with New England for me, Belichick's doing subway commercials. So it seems like he's in search now mode and he doesn't really know what to do without Tom. So he might be a little lost. You would have never seen him doing a commercial like that in the past. No. So he didn't become Mike Dippa now. <laughs> Well, that's when you know you're on the twilight of your career, though. That's the scary part, right? Um, true. 
But yeah, that's why I say I, I think it's right now it's New England. I don't have New England going at that. For, you know, if, if they're in the playoffs, they're one and done. Buffalo, I think, has, again, like you said, I think each year Josh Allen's gotten a little better. The only concern I may have is Josh doesn't throw the deep ball as well as I'd like. And Diggs is a deep ball guy. He's going to have to start that ball earlier and get and get it, you know, hit Diggs. He can't wait till he's 40 yards downfield because he's not going to get the ball there. Well, Josh doesn't really throw the ball too accurate anywhere on the field. He just throws it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Keith, go ahead with your AFC East. You know, I got to go with the Bills because of their defense. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to go with the Patriots, but I think the loss of Brady is uh, uh, – it's obviously big. It's huge. Um, and uh, Buffalo played well uh, against them last year. And so without Brady, uh, I think they're, they're going to have the edge. Um, but it will be interesting to see as the season goes on, um, as, uh, you know, Belichick being Belichick, you know, what does he do? How does he – uh, adjust and what, what kind of changes does he make as the season goes on? Um, but ultimately, I mean, Cam Newton uh, is a good quarterback, but he's not Tom Brady, and um, and I think ultimately that that's going to be the biggest difference. So uh, yeah, I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah, one interesting note that I heard was uh, you know when Tim Tebow was in Denver, the coach over there was Josh McDaniels, uh, so calling a lot of run plays making the best out of a quarterback that has some mobility to him. Now you, you, you lose Tom Brady, who has absolutely zero mobility, and you get somebody in Cam who, when healthy, can run the ball. So it's going to be, like I said, it, Dave made the best statement there. After two weeks, we'll know a lot more about New England, but right now it's all on paper. Mm -hmm. It's uh, interesting. Well, it's got a it's got a uh, reasonable chance for him to kind of go back to a Auburn Gene Chizik type of power uh, RPO type of offense. They got, um, they got like three or four running backs. You got James White out of the backfield. I still have Julian Bellman. The thing, the only thing that benefits him when it comes to something like that is the fact that he does have a a good offensive mind in Josh McDaniels. And even though it was him and Christian McCaffrey, I don't think the Panthers ever really had a good offensive mind to be able to use those two at the peak of their careers for the most effectiveness in a single play together. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. It also depends on how serious Cam wants to take it. Wow. Well, <laughs> got to take it seriously if he wants to keep playing, right? This is pretty much like a, uh, audition for a future extension or yeah, he signed a one year deal, right? Wasn't it yeah, one, one year, year for like 1.3 mil. Yeah, yeah so he's betting on himself. Yeah, he better be. So, you so what will happen then is he'll have, a, he'll have a great year. The Bears will, uh, Bears will sign him as a free agent, they'll get hurt in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the Bears, the Bears are gonna go after the guy who's tortured him for 12 years. No, don't say it. He'll get, uh, he'll get cut because they've drafted their heir apparent already. And him and uh, 
LaFleur don't get, get along together. And uh, he's got that attitude of, okay, well, I'm just going to stick it to you then. And he'll go to be a monster of the midway and have two good years and maybe win a Super Bowl. And I'll buy a jersey. <laughs> the window would the window would be very small because I think I mean Rogers is is not Rogers of even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's because so, he hasn't had any weapons since Jordy Nelson tore his ACL the one year. Well, they got they he, they've given them nobody to throw to. I mean, it's you know it's it's where they were a Chicago team. You know, you know, you got this guy that's out there that can give you everything. And you you gave him nothing for two years to throw to. Of course, Jimmy well, Graham, but Devontae know. Adams is good when he stays healthy. That's it. You know, and then why not when there's a couple wideouts sitting there in the first round? Why not just go draft another running back? That makes perfect sense. It's perfect. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to the AFC South. So again, we'll start with Matt here. Oh boy, yeah. With the, uh, I don't know. Can can Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry can they do it? I don't know. I I think with Tennessee or the Texans, they definitely uh, you lose a lot losing DeAndre Hopkins, and you can't really fill that void. I just don't see them having as great of an offense. And with Will Fuller as their back, you know, their the fact the number one wide receiver he gets hurt way too much. Um, it, not to mention Deshaun Watson has been hurt in the past as well. So I, I and I, I just you know with uh, Rivers and Indy that that'll be fun to watch. But I think it's just kind of one of those swan song kind of things. So I, I I'll go back with Tennessee. I mean I think Derrick Henry can just bowl over everybody. Uh, I don't know that they're going to have the same magic they had last year. I don't know that Ryan Tannehill is actually as good as he looks. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go pull my money with Tennessee. Dave, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go just the, the other way. I, know. I, I don't think Tannehill is as good as, as, what, as what he played. And uh, I think the Colts are just – they are who they are. They're, they're an above-average team. I mean, they were building to be a pretty good team before Luck retired. Uh, so I, I see the Colts like ten and six. You know, just being a consistent, mm. not overwhelmingly good, but not, but you know, never really bad team in a very weak division. I mean, the Jaguars might be the worst team in football uh, this year. Oh no! Come on, the, the stash, Garner Minshew and his mustache are going to be good. So your Fournette was the last guy left. You know, from 2017 when they were on the verge of being somebody, that was there. It's, and they're all they're all gone. I mean, it's it's amazing. It burned through everybody. The tank for Trevor Lawrence. That's what it is. Right? So I've got the Colts. I've got the Colts winning it, <clears throat> uh, and the and the only team in the division making the playoffs. Wow. Well, go ahead, Keith. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Texans uh, because of uh, Deshaun Watson. And, uh, you know, this division, you look at this division, and the first thing that comes to my mind is, meh. You know, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, don't you know, take the Jaguars out, and then you could kind of toss the other three around and take your pick. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Tennessee, I don't, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I – 
I think they were probably there. They weren't as good as their record last year. I think they won. Didn't they win some uh, several games late? Um, I mean, their season could have been, you know, uh, different. Um, so I don't know. I mean, with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback and a uh, uh, pretty good uh, defense. Yeah, I'll go with the Texans. I got Houston as well. Um, but I, I got Houston because of a head-to-head matchup, which is why they win the division. Um, we'll get to the team that I think they win that head-to-head against because we'll talk about wild cards. Um, yeah, I got, I, got te- I got the Texans. I just think these offenses in – in the AFC South, now granted this is all based off J.J. Watts staying healthy, but I think Watts just going to eat them alive. Like I think they're going to have to – if you're Tennessee, you have to run away from J.J. Watt with Derrick Henry, and you got to pray that – you got to pray that uh, Lawan can hold them up enough to where Tannehill can – somewhat make a throw to A.J. Brown because that's about the only other weapon they have. And then Phillip Rivers and the Colts have a good line, but, you know, Phillip Rivers has also been the most sacked quarterback or most pressured quarterback his whole career. And I think that's just because that's the way Phillip plays. It's like he's got blinders on the whole time and doesn't pay attention to uh, pocket awareness. And uh, I don't know. I just think Deshaun's going to turn a corner this year and and light it up. It doesn't matter who his yeah. wideouts are. Really? After losing probably the best wide receiver in the league? But you got to think they added, as long as he stays healthy, they added good running back on a run game that they haven't had ever to help him out. Yeah, that's true. That's so, you know, when you got you either got Brandon Cooks or Fuller, and then, you know, you never know. Still, is Kenny, I think Kenny Stills is there, right? So Kenny Stills at least has some speed to run down the field. You never know. It's kind of a uh, division, but yeah, it is. Even though I do have a team in the wild card coming out of there, also, but that's mainly because just who they all play. Um, so we'll move to the AFC North. So again, Matt, go ahead with the AFC North. Uh, it's it's. It's exciting to see Big Ben back and to hear he's acting like a little kid in all the practices. That's what they say. He's got a lot of energy. Uh, I Lock up the women. I just, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I just I, – I don't know. I, I don't I, – I really don't think Lamar Jackson's going to have a year like he had last year. I think he's still a very good player. I think they're going to try to have him throw a little bit more, run a little bit less, which is not going to play in his favor – at all, because I don't think he's a very accurate quarterback whatsoever. Um, but uh, I, I think just off pure talent alone, I, I'll go with Baltimore winning this division, um, riding what they had last year. They got a couple of good tight ends. They you know got a decent run game, uh, including Lamar Jackson, and it all just seems to kind of work for him. So I'll go Baltimore. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I've got two teams going into the playoffs side of the division. I've, 
I've got the Steelers at eleven and five, and Ravens at seven and six. Uh, I we'll see how far defense can carry a team uh, in in Pittsburgh. I mean, Roethlisberger still he's still a force, but he's you know, he's pretty he's banged up pretty quickly. Uh, you got Schuster uh, out on the outside who's he's going to have a couple of those games where he puts up big fantasy points. Then he has games where he disappears. Um, having had him for two years in fantasy, I, I know that. Um, Browns and Bengals are, are going to be fighting around 500. I mean, this really isn't a bad division anymore. I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals, the Bengals offense is going to be a little scary. Mm-hmm. At times, if, if they can reel these guys in, if, if Mexican can stay focused, um, in, in, you know, if Green really wants to play uh, and stuff, uh, there's some real talent in that offense. Uh, not so on the other side of the ball, though, which is, which is a problem. Just got to watch out for Mixon's small hands. I don't know. Or not Mixon's, uh, Burroughs' small hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the last quarterback that had small hand issues? He played here in Chicago. Who is that? That, that was um, in the Super Bowl. What's his name? Rex Grossman. Yeah, good Rex and bad Rex. And what was, was bad Rex was always because the ball, his hands were small and the ball was cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith. Okay, well, I'm going to flip flop uh, Dave's uh, choices here. I'm going with uh, the Ravens uh, to win the division, uh, uh, then followed by the Steelers. Uh, I think with. Uh, uh, I was going to call him Johnson, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, um, uh, coming back. Uh, I mean, he's just such a such a four. He's just so fun to watch, and um, with that offense and and the defense, uh, like always, is is good. Um, Roethlisberger, um, you know, he certainly is going to improve. Uh, they're they're going to be improved with him returning, um, but. Uh, yeah, I just I just like uh, Lamar Jackson uh, there, uh, along with uh, along with their defense. Uh, I think the Browns are going to be a little bit interesting as well. Um, being the Browns, you know, you figure five hundred, but uh, I don't know. I mean, if they get a few breaks here and there, uh, they got Garrett uh, on on defense. Um, you know, if uh, Baker Mayfield isn't a, a, a bonehead uh, and can be more consistent. Um, you know, they, they might make some noise. But, uh, yeah, I'll go with the Ravens. Well, purely based off of schedule, and honestly, I'm banking on Lamar Jackson turning into his backup quarterback, which is RG3 and the way RG3 sophomore year went, um, which was injury-filled and not very good. Um, I don't think it's going to be that bad to where they – completely, you know, go like 4-12 and 12 like the Redskins did after RG3 took them to the playoffs the year before. But I don't – I do have Baltimore playing well, but based off of the uh, the schedule, um, the Cleveland Browns play absolutely nobody outside of their division. They play Vegas. They play Houston is the only good team. They play Indy. Other than that, they have Washington, uh, Philly, and both New York teams. Oh, 
So I plus I think Baker figures it out and I think their offense with the signing of Alvin Kamara or not Kamara, sorry. Uh that was Marie, that was a breaking news story sorry, there. I, sorry. I was thinking, well, Kamara they said is close to signing a deal, but uh Kareem Hunt signing a two year fifteen mil million dollar contract extension. I think they're already starting to replace Chubb or turn Chubb into a uh, short yardage type of guy. And if you can add a guy like Hunt out of the backfield that can catch a pass from Baker and put him in a, you know, kind of an RPO like Baker's used to running in when he was at Oklahoma, I think uh, the Browns, they might not stop a whole lot of people, but I think they're going to outscore a lot of people and, I got the Browns winning this division. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. I just – I don't know. I just got a weird feeling. Like, I just have a weird feeling about it. With those jerseys and Odell Beckham? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't talk about Odell and the recent Twitter news that came out about him. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stay away from that, uh, that two topic. <laughs> So we'll move on to the uh, – well, let's just – can we all agree? Yeah. AFC yeah, West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, uh, Oakland Raiders for sure. Well, there's three teams in there that <laughs> basically you can pick up anywhere from second to fourth. I think you can interchange depending on a couple breaks here and there. Um, you know – I've seen people pick Denver as the worst team, but they're not going to be. Um, I think Vegas will, will be the worst team, but I think Denver could be second. They could be fourth. Um, you know, maybe. I'm not going to change my predictions because of the news from yesterday with Von Miller. I'm going to hold yeah, to yeah. my prediction. But I think there's a surprise out there in the West that's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. What? One guy can only do so much, and then just – even if he's wearing black and yellow, it's I I don't know. That team's got a lot of issues. Well, we'll get in. We might as well just go to the wild cards. So everybody's number three wild card. So the last team to get in. Mac, go ahead. AFC, hold on. Where's my pick for me? We'll say. Yeah, I'll say the I'll say the I'll say the Patriots. I think the Patriots will be the last wild card. Okay, okay. Dave, go ahead. Last wild card in. My my last wild card in. Uh, hold on a second, as I'm trying to read my writing here. So that would be the number seventeen. Yes. Right. Right. I got the Titans. Okay. Keith. I got Indianapolis. Phillip Rivers leads him to the semi-promised land. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I made, like I said, I made this before injury news and a season-ending injury news. I'm going to stick to it. But I think there's a lot of weapons at mile high. Right now, 
And I love the wide receivers that are rookies this year. And I think the one that's going to have the biggest year is Jerry Judy. Whether it's Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Ty Higgins, or Trey Higgins, or Ruggs III in Vegas. Like, I think those wideouts are going to light it up. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just think kind of like the Bills outscoring everybody. I think – I thought at the time Vaughn Miller was going to come up with a sack here too when needed, and the Broncos were going to just outscore everybody just enough. Obviously, you know, get waxed by Kansas City a couple times. But right, I'll, I'll be honest and I'll stick with my – even though there's an injury, I'll stick with my uh, Denver Broncos as a seventh team pick. I'm really riding that Melvin Gordon train. I got him on both fantasy teams. I'm really, oh, <laughs> really riding that one. Then you got Patrick Lindsay too. I mean, they're both. Patrick Lindsay had a good year last year. And that's the thing. So you have those guys. You have Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you have good. Jerry Judy. You have Faint at the tight end. Like they've got some pretty good weapons. I'm and Drew Locke can <laughs> he can distribute the ball. That's the thing. Like. It's just whether they're going to be able to stop enough teams yeah. or if they're going to be able to really get enough push from their offensive line to run the ball when they start dropping eight guys into coverage. That's the thing. But that's where you hope that Melvin Gordon and the screen game can help out some. So we'll move on to everybody's sixth team. So wild card number two, Matt, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say the Houston Texans. Uh, I think that they've got, you know, they've definitely got enough firepower. Um, and yeah, Deshaun Watson. I mean, he can't, you know, he's he'll, he'll get them there. He'll get them in the playoffs. Okay. Dave? Ravens. All right. Keith? Uh, I'm going with the Steelers. Okay. I got uh... – I got Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry runs the ball enough to get him in the playoffs, but not enough to win the division. Like I said, uh, I think Houston wins the division via tiebreaker, so I think Tennessee loses to him twice. But I think they both finish with the same record just based off of a couple of the schedules. that There are a couple of differences in their schedule. So we'll move on to everybody's number one wild card. Matt, go ahead. I'm going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Getting Roethlisberger back. They've got plenty of weapons uh, and defenses. Top, top defense, if not second best defense in the league. So uh, I think that's just going to help them out. Uh, going Steelers. Dave? Buffalo. Keith? I got New England. And I got Baltimore. Like I said, I didn't think – I don't think Lamar is going to be as bad as the RG3 fall off, but I think he misses a couple games and they lose out on the division because of him. So we'll move on to the NFC. We'll come back to the AFC champs here in a little bit. We'll move on to the NFC, and we'll start with the NFC East. So, Matt, go ahead. NFC East. NFC East. Oh, well – 
I don't know. The Washington football team is looking pretty good these days. So. <laughs> football guys. <laughs> what a what a year. Um, yeah. Gosh, I, I really don't like Dallas, but I, I just think everybody got paid. So now it's well, you know, I guess Jack Prescott didn't really get paid. He got the franchise tag, but he's getting paid a lot of money. So I think everybody got their money there. Everybody should just play. So it's it's put up or shut up. So I'm going with the Cowboys. Okay. Uh... I, really like, I really like what the Giants are doing. I really like what the Giants are doing. I think they've got a lot of weapons. I, I think uh, they it just they're moving in the right direction. I just don't think they're there yet. I think they're a year or so away. Um, Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Matt on this one. I've got the Cowboys at about 11 and 5. I think Dak's going to have a really good year. I, I mean, they're really loaded on it. When, you, when you've got you know, somebody like Amari – you know, as your third your third choice as a as a wideout, uh, your team's looking pretty freaking good at that point. And you got Zeke running the ball and and stuff. I I, I thought they should have been better last year. So we'll, we'll see and see. Uh, but you know, they're playing in a division where Washington and the Giants are both sub five hundred, and and the Eagles depends on Wentz. I mean, it's and you know he's already walking around crip, half crippled and stuff like that. It's not sold on them, uh, you know, getting out of there either. They, they, you know, they could be. They'll be second in that division, but uh, the Cowboys walk easily out of the East. Go they ahead, Keith. Oh. It should be, though. No, sorry. They always make it look harder than it should be. I don't know why. Well, Cowboys are always set up, but it's like, God, why aren't they better? That's, you know, and that's you... the NFC East, though. It's been that way. Yeah. It is. It is. And, and, Matt, that's exactly what I was thinking because I – I really want to pick uh, the Eagles, um, but uh, the Cowboys have so much talent. But then I come back to what you just said. Sometimes they just can't get out of their own way sometimes. And, uh, yeah, they do. They make it much more difficult than it should be. You know, you watch them every year, and it's like, why aren't they winning? Uh, you know, or, or why aren't they winning by more? Or how did they lose that game? And um, uh, but with all that said, uh, I, I will go with the Cowboys um, just because they do have a lot of talent. Um, and with uh, McCarthy coming in as a uh, coach, I mean, you know, kind of a, a breath of fresh air, a change. He had to get uh, – I mean, Garrett uh, – Garrett's not that old, but, boy, it seemed like he was there for 20 years. Um, and um, I think that was part of the reason, too. It just was stale. So uh, maybe with the change in coach and um, and uh, as as Rick said, I mean the offense uh, they they have is uh, and that offensive line is is very very powerful. So uh, yeah, I'll go with the Cowboys. Well, I think the winner of this division is nine and seven, plain and simple. Um, they don't get they get one team in. The last time this division was one back-to-back years was 2003-2004 by Andy Reid and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So that that goes into the whole NFC East is just a cluster all the time. Um, That being said, I think for the first time since 03-04, we have a repeat division champ by taking the Eagles. I think Wentz stays healthy enough um, to win nine games – and I just 
I don't know. I, I like the fact that teams that they're playing outside of division, they get a lot of the teams that you would be scared of at home. So Philly plays Seattle at home. They play New Orleans at home in week – what is that? Week uh, 14. So it'll be cold for New Orleans. They play the Rams at home. They play, you know, Baltimore at home. And I don't know. It's just uh, – Dallas has to go to Seattle. They go to Baltimore. They go to the Rams. I just – I think – it's all based on scheduling. That's how they end up winning the division. Based purely on the luck of the draw and who they got to play at home and who they got to play on the road. So we'll move on. Um, we're skipping the north for right now. So we'll go to the south, the NFC South, the uh, most feared division in all of football right now, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead matt yeah yeah this this is a this is a tough this is a tough one you know i moving tom brady and bringing in gronkowski and leonard Fournette, it, it feels a lot like the cincinnati reds right you know like oh let's just get all the pieces and throw them in a team and is it gonna work i i don't know i don't know i, I i'm going i'm going with the saints to win the division this one i just i mean they've got you know, Kamara's there. You've got Michael Thomas. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. Whether you want to think he's past his prime, he was well past his prime, but he's still Drew Brees. Um, and Sean Payton leading that team. I yeah, I, I think I, I'm going with the Saints. Dave, I'm going with Tampa Bay. Yeah, only because of the fact that they just loaded up so much, they can afford an injury at each of their key positions uh, outside of quarterback. And still be fine. I mean, they're three deep at tight end. They're four deep at wide receiver. They're now three deep at running back for Christ. It's, I mean, it's so you can have a couple of these guys that, you know, Gronkowski maybe gets hurt halfway through or whatever, but they're just so deep on, on offense and, and their defense played really well last two. So, I mean, it, I, I look at this and the Saints are, I think, are starting on just starting on a decline. I mean, Breeze is still Breeze and he's going to put up some points. Um, God help them have to bring Jameis Winston in um, at that at that point. Um, I think I think Winston's a good long term project for him. I, I think he's not a bad fit. I don't think it's uh, the other guy that, that thinks he's going to be the next quarterback there. I don't think I don't think he's got the size or the arm. Um, so, but it's you know it's a it's a tough division because Atlanta's not not a horrible team. They find ways to, to lose when it's, you know, they, they snatch a, you know, defeat from the jaws of victory. You yeah, know, 28 to I, 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I look at it, and, you know, it's not an easy division, but I think Tampa Bay uh, gets out of it, and I think the Saints get out of it also. Okay. You know, as a, as a wild card. <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints just because uh, they're the Saints and Drew Brees. Uh, I also think, um, yeah, Tampa's got a lot of the right pieces, but um, I mean, it's first time all these pieces and parts are together, generally speaking. Um, 
And with that in mind, uh, I wouldn't say the thing's going to blow up, but I don't think it's going to be as successful as uh, some people think it might be. I also think um, I certainly got to give Brady his props, but um, you know, I think a lot of the hype for them is is Brady, 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 and um, you know, certainly have a good season, but. Um, you also wonder how much of it uh, was the system at New England. Um, uh, not that the system carried him. I mean, he was an integral part of that, obviously. But, you know, I mean, that was a well-oiled machine up there. Uh, this is all new. Um, and I just don't see it going seamlessly. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be good for sure. I, I, they'll win 10, 11 games. But uh, – I still got to go with the Saints uh, just because their consistency through the years. And uh, um, again, Drew Brees. Yeah, I, th I think the Saints are the class of the NFC um, with Thomas, Kamara, Jared Cook at tight end. And, you know, then you have probably the most professor like quarterback there is in Drew Brees. Just constantly dissecting every single D and finds that one weak spot every single time and exposes it play after play after play after play. I just don't see how the Saints – I don't know. I don't think the Bucks are going to be bad. I just don't see the Bucks. They didn't do anything on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I get it they were good last year, and if Jameis Winston didn't throw as many interceptions, they probably would have won a couple more games. But at the same time, Jameis Winston had a score throw for a lot of touchdowns to keep them in games or a close chance of winning a game because their defense couldn't stop anybody. And they didn't really do anything to that defense. So I think, I think the Saints roll pretty easy in that division. Um, we'll move on to the NFC West. So, Matt, go ahead. Uh, yeah, this, this, is a, <clears throat> this is an interesting one, too. Yeah, you got three teams in here that – well, really, you get four. You really want to talk about the Cardinals, you know, getting DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray taking another step. Uh, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, but, you know, and the, the Rams – the Rams always kind of puzzled me, too. I, I feel like they, they could have been a whole lot better than they were they had that one year. You don't have to tell us in St. Louis that. <laughs> Seven and nine and eight and eight for the longest time ever. Yeah, it's, it's a little painful. Um, and then, then you, you know, Todd Gurley was Todd Gurley, but now he's not there anymore. So it's, you know, you're, you're kind of middling and running backs. So you're not really quite sure what you have. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. I, I, I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I just – I love Russell Wilson. Uh, they've got so much firepower. Um, they've still got – you know, defense is, is, is good, but the um, 49ers defense is better. But I just – you know, the 49ers, I, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I just – I don't think he, he's – I don't think he's going to win it. I don't think he can be the guy that's, you know, going to push him over the, over the top. He's more of a, a manager. And, uh, you know, I just – I like Kittle, but that's that's really about it over there in San Francisco. So I am going to Seattle. Dave, go ahead. 
I've got Seattle too, uh, but I'm holding on kind of tight. I mean, it, I think this is top to bottom, the toughest division of football. Um, from the opportunity standpoint, I, I agree with Matt. The Cardinals have a chance, an outside chance of being a wild card team, I think. Because um, I don't think the Rams are as, as good as as they could be, but you know, I could be wrong on that. The Niners, I'm with you on, on Garoppolo. He's a He's a poster child for maybe it was the system in New England um, in, in some ways and stuff. But, yeah, I'll, Seattle for me is there, and I can see two other teams from this division getting in the playoffs. And it, a little part of me would love to see the Cardinals do something. It's been so long. Again, you don't have to tell us. Last time they did anything besides one trip was here in St. Louis in 84, 83, something like that. It's been a long time for those guys. Yeah. Keith, go ahead. Yeah, well, let me just uh, preface my comments by saying that uh, and this course has no uh, no uh, root at all in my upbringing in St. Louis, but the Rams and Cardinals are both going to go 0-16. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not bitter or anything, but uh, – uh, so uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the Seahawks um, uh, just because, uh, again, their offense, uh, you can't – you just can't go against Russell Wilson. Um, and that being uh, uh, the most important position in, in sports, and then when you compare uh, him to Garoppolo, uh, I just – there is no comparison. Or Jared and, uh, Goff. Yeah, ooh, yeah, well, you're – he may be getting into that category – uh, if, if he continues heading in the direction. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Garoppolo's a game manager uh, at, at best. He's not going to win you any games and uh, against uh, a team like Seattle. And if you're going to go deep in the playoffs, you know, you, you, you have to, your quarterback has to win you some games. Um, now, that said, uh, the, the 49ers are going to be good because their defense is good, uh, obviously, with uh, Bosa and uh, – company um so they're they're going to be good and this division uh like has already been pointed out um is going to be very competitive I, there won't be uh, many gimmies uh i mean when they're playing each other um you know it's going to be uh, really really uh, competitive uh and and some good football but uh yeah all that said i'll, I'll go with the seahawks as the uh, winner i got the seahawks also i do think there's going to be gimmies and again, maybe this is just uh, St. Louis, but uh, I think the Rams are going to be hot garbage this year. Um, Aaron Donald can only do so much as a one one guy, and uh, they really just gave $105 million to Ramsey, who gets lit up and still runs his mouth. So glad to see nothing's changed with Les Snead, and he still doesn't know how to put quality money to good use. Mm-hmm. Um. That being said, the Seahawks were three inches away from being the number one seed in the uh, NFC last year and lost by three inches to the 49ers. Um, So I think Seattle's still Seattle. When you have Russell Wilson now, it depends on Carson staying healthy a little bit, but at the same time, when you have Russell Wilson and you have Lockett and uh, some of the no-name weapons that they have all the time, I think Seattle 
handily runs away with this division. Um, yeah, and I, I just – I think the 49ers come crashing hard back down to earth. So, we'll move on to the, uh, the fun division, the uh, NFC North. So, Matt, tell us why the Bears in your eyes are going to make a magical run and win the division. Because <laughs> we're going with the two quarterback sets, this new thing. That's why, <laughs> that's why they're, the fantasy-wise, you know, Foles and Trubisky are hawking each other's points, but they're going to be both out there at the same time. So, it's wild, you know, crazy scheme that Matt Nagy is coming up with. No. Um, I, oh, God. This is, this is tough. I mean, I don't really like – I don't like the Packers. Um, I'm, I'm not – but – they're there all the time. They're there all the time. That's what is, this is. It's tough. It's only tough because I don't think there's any team that's like great. Um, and and I don't know. I mean, the Bears. I I want to be so optimistic, but it's you know it really bit me in the butt last year, and especially with David Montgomery getting hurt and bringing in Jimmy Graham. I don't really know if I really trust Jimmy Graham. However, it makes our tight end situation better than it was last year which was horrible. So anything in improvement there. Uh, defense, I think defense will be a little bit better. I think it did hurt to lose Eddie Goldman uh, opting out of the season. So that, you know, big push up front, that's going to be kind of a problem. But um, you bring in uh, Robert Quinn to, you know, opposite of Phil Mack, that creates a whole new dynamic that we didn't have with Leonard Floyd. So the defense is I think defense will, will be better than last year as long as Akeem Hicks can stay healthy. Um, the offensive side of the ball, not much has changed. So I, I don't really expect too many changes, to be honest with you. Even if Foles plays from day one all the way through, I don't think he's head and shoulders above Mitch. So that's where I, I, I have a problem. <laughs> the Vikings, I think, got worse. The Lions got a little bit better, and the Packers have pretty much stayed status quo. So with that said, uh, <laughs> I, hate I guess I'm, I guess I'll have to pick the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they couldn't have been that bad last year. They were the number two team in the NFC. I know. <laughs> they Even won a lot of games where you you can't figure out how the hell they no. won. Really. Well, that's that's called Green Bay Packer football. That that happens a lot for them. That's what that's what winning franchises somehow do, right? And it's almost like you think you think Aaron Rodgers is just gonna, you know, like he'll want to leave, like you said. But I think it's also like he's got that, you know, in him that he's like, I'm gonna prove you guys wrong. You thought, you know, drafting this guy was a better idea rather than getting me some more help. That's just how he operates. So. I really want to. I really want to pick the Bears, but yeah. so going with the Packers, sadly. Dave, go ahead. Well, yeah, I think it's. I'm, I'm predicting the beginning of the end of the Packer uh, domination at this point in, in line of quarterbacks and uh, and everything else. I, I, I think I don't think the Vikings actually got worse. I mean, I, they lost Diggs, but they picked up a rookie wide receiver who might be better. And you figure Thielen played hurt half the year last year. Uh, he was running away with the league when he got he pulled that hamstring and stuff like that. I mean, Cousins isn't the best, but 
Uh, he's he's not awful. Uh, I don't think they have a good defense. I think, I think the Vikings win the division easily. I think they're the only team that goes to the playoffs out of the division. Uh, the Bears, I mean, you got Khalil Mackhart now, too. And, and you know, he's been limited in practice all week. Uh, if you got, if you lose Eddie Goldman and you lose Khalil Mack off that front line, that's a different defense play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, our, you, our defensive backs, even if they find a way to go out and, you know, are you going to replace some Mukamura even? Uh, it's He's sitting out there. We can go pick him up if we want to. Well, they, I, I think they actually should, to be honest with you, because – uh, I I don't I don't like what I see outside of Fuller. And it's like I said, if you lose Mac for any any period of time, three four games, beginning of the year, it could be a real ugly start you know, for the Bears. And yeah, and, and, and you know, it's, I mean, if it's halftime and the Bears have three points on the scoreboard, I mean, everybody's gonna want Trubisky's head, you know, and, and stuff. So it's I just think there's a lot of tensions on it and stuff. <laughs> You got Alan Robinson, who they did decide to pay at this point. I don't think that's good. Uh, I heard Miller's look good in, in preseason, which which would be a help. Yeah. You know, if it's concussion wise and stuff. But I, I mean, quite honestly, I see successful Bears years eight and eight this year. And I think that's it's a little wishful thinking. Uh, I mean, I've seen them pick this three and 13. Some of the. Some of the, the sports things across the country, I don't think they're three and thirteen, mm-hmm. um, but they're not thirteen and three either. <laughs> so, uh, Vikings are coming out of there, and nobody else does. Keith, go ahead. Alrighty. Uh, well, we'll uh, uh, just say the Lions are the Lions, and toss them them to the side. Um, the uh, the Bears. Uh, I'm kind of going in reverse order here. Um, if if I'm a Bears fan, I'm really disappointed that uh, Foles is not uh, the quarterback. Um, you know, uh, after watching Trubisky these last few years, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I mean, it just doesn't pass the eye test. Uh, it, it just ain't happening. Uh, and uh, I read the the story the last day or two with. Uh, um, uh, Pace uh, and his comments about uh, Trubisky and, the, you know, how he's uh, handling meetings and, like I said earlier in the in the podcast, you know, going in into and out of the huddle and, you know, how he's carrying himself. It's like, you know, that that stuff just doesn't make you know. Yeah, I, I don't care about that. Uh, well, on, on those Zoom meetings, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that stuff should be a given. You know, he's the quarterback. Of course, he should look like a leader and act like a leader. Uh, and and so, uh, uh, but again, I mean, I mean, I if I'm uh, the bear, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm really disappointed because that tells me that not much is going to change offensively. I don't care if you uh, have more quality at tight end, and you've got the new offensive line coach. Uh, you still have got the same guy. Uh, at, at quarterback, um, too much has to happen. Uh, you know, all the, the stars and the moon and the sun and everything have to align properly for that to just work okay, much less be really, really successful. Um, the saving grace for them, uh, obviously, is the defense, unless, like Dave said, 
you know, if there's any issue with Khalil Mack, then that's a different defense. And, um, and you already uh, are starting without uh, Goldman and, um, and uh, you know, Hicks was injured most of uh, camp. And um, so, I mean, that said, they're, they're, you know, even without Mack and Goldman, I mean, you know, that, that defense is still okay, uh, but they're not going to be the same team without uh, uh, Mack. And so, I mean, everything really depends, like so many other previous Bears teams, depends on the defense uh, and special teams. And your special teams is meh. Well, we, have no, we still have no kicker. Yeah, you don't have a kicker. Uh, I mean, how do you how do you not address that? I mean, I don't know, Matt. Matt how, Matt, how do you go eighteen rounds in a fantasy football draft and not draft a kicker? <laughs> taking, taking after Ryan Pace, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was alcohol involved there, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> maybe there was he drafted Mitch number two anyway. So that's you know. well, maybe that's what Pace needs to do. Have a little alcohol, and then he could. Uh, draft better uh <laughs> sign better uh so anyway uh yeah so the bears i um, you know I, i'm like dave at best i'm kind of looking at them as eight and eight and uh if they have problems on defense uh with injuries uh i don't think three and 13 uh four and 12 is out of the question um then uh moving up uh, uh my number two team is the packers and uh, you know, I know the Bears fan, uh, if we were in person, you guys would throw stuff at me, but I really like watching the, I like Aaron Rodgers. I like watching the Packers, but they're trending to me. They're trending down. And, um, uh, I, I just, I don't see them. Certainly I don't see them winning the division and, uh, I don't know. I, I almost see them uh, at best nine and seven, but maybe, uh, eight and eight. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. And then, um, uh, so I'm going with the Vikings to win the division just because uh, the, they've got uh, most of the pieces and parts uh, returning. Cousins is not a game manager. He's not Mahomes, but he's not a game manager somewhere in between. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, you know, have a brain cramp every now and then, he'll, uh, you know, he'll be uh, fine. And their defense is, uh, is good. Uh, so uh, I, I go with them to win the division. Okay. Well, I'm going to tie it up. I got the Packers. So we'll just leave it at that. But, you know, could Ryan Pace be playing the biggest meta game there is and just on a different level? All of a sudden, Max hurt. Does he just sit the year out? I think the Bears might be the the worst record in the division. And maybe well, he they – could, And they could be. You know, it takes something to get past the Lions. Yeah, so. But yeah, the Lions have a lot. The Lions have a lot of offensive weapons again now, with Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, and Galladay and Jones Jr. As long as Stafford stays healthy, they can be decent offensively. I just, I mean, maybe the best thing as a Bears fan is to start Trubisky, and uh, you go two and fourteen and win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? That would be sweet. There you go. It would be so difficult to watch, though. That's much harder than some of the other seasons. I mean, that's why you have fantasy football, and that's why you have the NFL ticket. I mean, you, you got to be willing to, when you're playing the Lions, and the Lions, just Stafford tries to give you the game with you know, a minute left and 
starts slinging its sidearm into your into your uh, defensive secondary, you, you have to drop those balls. So that, no, you <laughs> don't. You just you just then call a pass play and let Mitch do the same thing as he's trying to hit the as he's trying to hit the crossing route. He throws a ball forty yards downfield right into the safety. Yeah. He's, <laughs> Well, then Ryan Pace, we'd have, to, we'd have to bank on Ryan Pace actually drafting the right guy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess the number one pick, and we're smarter than everybody else, and we don't, we don't, we don't take him. Trades it, trades yeah. it to Detroit. Trades it to Detroit for Stafford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this time he would trade down yeah, trade. instead of trading up. But he would only trade down one spot. One spot. <laughs> but, no, I think I, – there's just something that'll always be there about Aaron Rodgers, just like always Brett Favre. He's, they're always there. And uh, I think the pack pull it off again. Yeah, the, the difference for me is I actually like Favre. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's, that thing is just not he's, not – he's not a guy I could follow even if it was there. Mm-hmm. Favre, I still, I still admire Favre. You know, I'm just – I'm saying this now. Get used to the name Equimius St. Brown. Oh, no, you mean Equinemius. Is that how you say it? The Notre Dame guy? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Equinemius St. Oh, Brown. I... Well, then. From the, Ro- from the Roman football league. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Wait, playing... let's look it up. His coach up. Is, is working with him right now. <laughs> but that's the perfect oh, guy. Oh, there he is, yeah. That's the perfect guy that Rodgers turns into a pro bowler. Yeah. Equinemius. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Is this his real name? Equinemius <laughs> Tristan, Tristan Imhotep J. St. Brown. <laughs> I'd be suing my parents at that point. <laughs> Boy, I, I don't think they could get that on his jersey. It's called Alphabet, right? Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the other difference I think is there. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to work with this guy. He's, there's already uh, – basically, go ahead, kid. You're on your own. <laughs> nah, I think it'll be all right. He had uh, – so he missed all of last year with an ankle injury. In 2018, he had 21 receptions for 328 yards. That's 15.6 average. Um. He just didn't have any touchdowns. I'm telling you, he's going to somehow be the opposite of Devontae Adams. We'll see. We'll move on to everybody's. Well, you know, go ahead. Oh, just a second. He, he's got a sister named Osiris Adrian Amen Ra J. St. Brown. Okay. All right, I'm done. These are parents with. Way too much education. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on to everybody's seventh team in the NFC. So NFC wild card number three. Matt, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll go with the Eagles. I think uh, Carson wants to stay healthy, and I think, I think they'll pop in. It's the weak division, too, so I think Dave? they've got enough against weak players. Cardinals. Uh, 49ers. I also have the Cardinals. I think Kyler has a good enough year to get him in with Hopkins. And like I said, I think 
the Rams. My fantasy guy, buddy. <laughs> I think the Rams are going to be hot garbage, um, and I think the 49ers are. You know, I think they're going to be that team that everybody they get to the Super Bowl and then they, you know, look like dog crap the next year because they won their division, lost the Super Bowl, and have to play the best team in every division. And I think comebacks and bites them this year. So number the number six, the wild card number two. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, the 49ers. I think they'll pull it out defense-wise. They got enough, enough offense, but it's defense going to pull them through. Dave? I have the 49ers also. Keith? Uh, I almost said the 76ers. Uh, the, the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Simmons has the body to play. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah. I got uh I got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh everybody's number one wild card out of the NFC and Matt. Go ahead. The Buccaneers. Dave. Saints. Saints, all right. Keith? Buccaneers. And I got uh, the Purple People Eaters, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wow. So, we'll go uh, – I mean, do I – AFC champs. Is it – is there anything different than last year? Yeah, let's just, you know, move on to the NFC. <laughs> right? Is it? You can, you can make a case, but it just doesn't, doesn't hold more. So, yeah. I, a I, case I, for who, though? I mean, who? Baltimore? Maybe. It depends. Yeah, Baltimore. Houston? I don't even have yeah. a division. <laughs> right? right? That's... Houston, can't, Houston couldn't win when they hit all their stars. You know? Right. No. No. What about Buffalo with uh, its defense? I just don't think offensively they're ready to get. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to. Unless they're going to play the championship game in Buffalo in, in January. Yeah, so. Well, but even Kansas well, yeah, City in January is cold. Yeah. January in Buffalo is a lot colder. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, hey, and didn't, uh, didn't Buffalo and Kansas City play in the AFC championship game and Buffalo was winning? And Kansas City just stormed back and No, that was Tennessee. Was that Oh, Tennessee, okay. Yeah. All right, never mind. Um Yeah, I just it's tough to beat Andy Reid too. The guy's been there year after year after year after year. So All right, NFC, Matt, NFC champs, go right ahead. Uh, I, I I think I'll go with the Saints. I think okay. I'll ride. That's yeah. I don't, don't want to go. Not that I want to go with them and stuff like that, but I, I do think it's going to be their year. It's Dallas. Ooh. Key. Huh. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the Saints too. Like I said, I think they're the class of the NFC. I got the Saints also. Um, so if I was a betting man, I would take the field every time when you're asking me who is going to be a champ, 
But if I have to pick a team, and we're all having to pick a team to say they're going to be Super Bowl champs, we'll go there. So, Matt, lead off Super Bowl champ, Saints and Chiefs. I, I, think, I think the Saints will win it. All right. Dave, Cowboys and Chiefs. I'm going to stay with the, I'm going to stay with the Cowboys. I, I just think it's their year. Keith. Saints you know, and I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm, I'm going with the Saints. Just I, I really like Drew Brees. Um, um, my my head's telling me go with the Chiefs, but uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. Well, they waited 50 years for one, and I think they get to have a second party <laughs> inside the same year. I got I got the Chiefs. I just. I mean, like I said, if I if you told me Chiefs are the field, I'm taking the field just because so many things can happen. But if you told me I had to put money down on one team to win it, it's it's going to be uh, Andy. Not so much even – yes, Mahomes really helps. But it's Andy Reid, and the way Andy Reid knows how to get his quarterbacks to have them getting the ball to every single weapon they have. Mm-hmm. Did it with McNabb. You know, he even did it with Alex Smith before Mahomes was there the one year. Yeah, it just makes it so difficult defensively. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. To that being said, if there's a team in the NFL that can maybe outscore the Chiefs, it might be the Saints. I just – I don't know. I just – I got the Chiefs. I think, I think either one, right? Chiefs, Saints, or Chiefs – yeah, Cowboys, that, that'd be a fun Super Bowl to watch. Not much defense happening in either of those. Better bet the oh. over. That's the way they come on. <laughs> yeah, track me. Yeah. So, MVPs, Matt. Oh, Mr. Breeze. All right. Dave. Prescott. Dak's really going to show up for that money, huh? I just – I. You know how a team has a year that they just own? It's been 25 years since they've been there. I I just think it's their year. I don't particularly like them, but I'd rather pick the Saints. I just think Dallas is going to be a better team this year. Keith? I got to go with Mahomes. Uh, just uh, he's the favorite going in, and, yeah, I'll go with him. Yeah, I mean, if, if I – and the only guy that takes the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and we all had it pretty clear that the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points and run away with that AFC West. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think there's a way you can, for me, logically say it's not Mahomes. Um, if I had to pick a second guy, I think it's probably Russell Wilson. Who's the Chiefs backup? Um, well, it was Matt Moore. Um, let's see here. Matt Moore was last year's backup. I don't know if they re-signed him or not. Is there, is there any one guy that's more critical he doesn't get hurt to his team? Yeah. I'd say, uh, yeah, it's Chet. Chet. What Chad the Henny. heck? I thought Chad Henney retired like 12 years ago. Uh, that that would frighten me. I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. with you. 
Well, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, that's a different team when Chad Henning running running the offense. But I think I think the guy that plays the most games out of the backup position is RG three, and that's why I don't think Baltimore wins the division. I think Lamar Jackson is more worrisome to get hurt than because my point being Andy Reid I think is a good enough coach to where he'll just have short pass plays like the old West Coast offense so Chad Henney's getting the ball to Kelsey Hill Watkins all these guys a lot quicker and then you can rely on Clyde Edward you know to run the run the ball and I don't know if I fully trust uh Baltimore to be able to do that. But the other guy that I would put on the short list of MVP talks, and it would be the only reason he'd have to be a, a pretty surefire MVP without his team winning many games to not have them, I think, win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Like, yeah. like, if he just has an, an okay Christian McCaffrey year, I think it's going to be tough for Trevor Lawrence not to just take the short hour-and-a-half drive from Death Valley to, to Charlotte. But you never know, I guess. Jacksonville might also start shedding some more. Big time, big time quarterbacks in Jacksonville just don't work out. Mm. So. Number one draft picks in, in general in Jacksonville don't seem to stick around. <laughs> Jalen Hurts got a got a five year extension. It looks like. I wouldn't even say it doesn't even have to be first round draft picks. It's any player that has success in Jacksonville doesn't seem to stay around. They, they shipped everybody out from that AFC championship. There's nobody left, and that's all there is. Well, I think there's two guys that were uh, depth guys back then that are still depth guys on their line. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's not good for them. So. All right, guys, we'll wrap this one up. We'll, we'll catch up next week. Take care. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram.